the Australian Defence Magazine podcast. Serving the business of defence. With Grant McHeron. Well, folks, welcome back to the show. This is day one of Avalon, the first of the trade days, and we've got quite a bit of content for you. Our first interview is with Hexagon and Luciad about their geospatial software and being used for mission planning and so on. Our next chat is with a flight lieutenant from 41 Wing regarding the new CEA Technologies phased array radars that are going to be going into service pretty soon and how excited they are for those. And then we wrap it up with a quick chat with C4I, a local Australian SME making secure communications. So great first day, a bit of content for you. Let's get into it. Sebastian Helson from uh, Hexagon and Luciad and various amazing names like that. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, indeed. Your uh, background is, is Luciad, the t- uh, data visualization and so on kind of tool, but your Luciad was purchased by Hexagon, so you've been working with Hexagon for some time. Can you give us a quick overview of your background and the Hexagon slash Luciad world? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, well, I actually started straight out of university at uh, Luciat in Belgium. So I had a master's degree in, what was it again? Informatics, computer ah. science kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know what they call it these days. Informatics is used here in Australia. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, yeah, I got a master's degree in that. Oh, cool. And I was very happy to find a job as a pre-sales at Luciat because you can really combine that, that very technical world with a bit of a social aspect and yeah. commercial world. So I always very much enjoyed that. And of course, the Lucia technology was like super innovative—the 3D rendering—and then bring into that all that dom- domain-specific uh, information from uh, aviation world, defense world. Really makes it interesting, yeah. especially events like like this as well. We're in a, on the Avalon Air Show. I always love to go to those. So I had a really good time there for uh, about five, six years, I think. And then we got acquired by Hexagon, which opened even more doors. You know, even yeah. widened that world. Uh, we have different divisions now. I'm learning about safety, infrastructure, computer-aided dispatching systems. And in the end, all of those still have that geospatial aspect to them. Yeah. So that Lucia technology is being integrated into all of them. So I can use my expertise in all of them, but still go around and learn about the whole breadth of world. And yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I've been enjoying it for about a decade now. Excellent. So I know about uh, Hexagon with uh, GeoMedia and Luciad with Lightspeed. Uh, can you run us through some of the, the products and also, more importantly, how they apply to a defense environment? Yeah, sure. Uh, what I usually do when I present the products is I layer them up in three layers. So at the top layer, we have our products like you have GeoMedia. There is Earth's Imagine, which is, I think, widely known in the defense industry for image intelligence. Uh, there's Earth's Apollo as a server and so on and so on. Those products and solutions are really for, you need something, you know exactly what you want, these products cover that need. You buy them, you run them, and they, they cover all your needs. Yep. Then a layer underneath that we have these days our platform for configuration. So when you want that bit more flexibility on, I know kind of that what I want to do in a geospatial atmosphere, but I want to do smaller, more vertically dedicated applications. I don't want to overwhelm an operational user with all the thousands of things GeoMedia can do. I just want to give him those 10 things that he needs to do. You can configure that with that platform and there's not even any development needed. And then at the bottom we have that Lucia technology which is those SDKs which offer APIs 
uh, application programming interfaces. So you can integrate that into any kind of system. And that's where the system integrators typically come in. They need, again, that geospatial view, but they want to build their own mission planning system around it. Uh, they can use that engine without having to use any of the, the actual products above that. Excellent. Now, I understand in addition to the geospatial angle, and like mission planning from the topography and ingress, egress and things like that. I understand you're also able to uh, interface with some of the platforms, uh, some of the aircraft and so on. Are you able to prepare information that can actually be taken out to the aircraft as part of when the air crew step to fly their mission? Yeah, yeah, and uh, we, we have some projects that do that. Uh, without having them in front of me, I don't know how much I can say about those yeah. projects, obviously. <laughs> I have to see where the confidential uh, badges are. <laughs> but on, on a high level, I can say uh, we do have systems where they do the mission planning and that data goes directly from a custom data encoder, as we call it, from our Lucia technology into the cockpit system of, of those fighter jets. Oh, cool. Uh, others have, we even have the, the Lucia technology directly into jets. So there's um, a fighter jet somewhere in Europe <laughs> uh, that has about, uh, I think, three screens in the cockpit uh, and a server running in the cockpit with Lucia technology. So it's actually yeah, okay. flight-worthy technology. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's gone through all the aviation safety rigmarole and yep. the, the checkouts for, two, uh, was it 278, 178 and all those Oh, yeah, standards. we know all of those paints. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah DO330 for the tools. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a lot of fun, that lot. But, uh, okay, that's really amazing to hear that it's on the platforms. Is there anything else you can tell us about the Lucia and Hexcom uh, platform from a defense angle at the moment? I don't know how many hours you have. <laughs> no, it's. I think the main thing I can say about it, it's especially for Luciats, but be that technology being integrated in the others as well. Defense and aviation is a strong focus, and you can really see that in the product as well. You can see that in the support for uh, specific formats like DAFIF, ARING, AIXM being a big one these days, of yep. course. Uh, but also in defense. Uh, military symbology, certain analysis like line of sight, all of those things are packed in, in, in the products, really showing that, hey, this is made for, for the defense and aviation industry, yeah. and you can rest assured that if you integrate this, we'll help you, we'll cover you, we're happy to discuss uh, those needs. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much for that, Sebastian, and we're just going to take a quick step over to uh, Brett Perez. Uh, Brett, you're the, uh, is it general manager? No, I'm the um, sales manager for Australia New Zealand for Hexagon SIG, uh, in particular safety and infrastructure. Okay. Um, we, my primary focus has been defence for the last 11 months and two weeks, <laughs> which is how long I've been with Hexagon. There you go. So uh, same thing, very quick background of what, where you've come from and your views on uh, the sales and the market in Australia. Sure. So, my background is a little bit different to Sebastian's. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Um, I spent 18 years in the architecture, engineering, construction industry. Um, my, I guess my badge of honour is I designed three levels of Wembley Stadium air conditioning uh, back when I did my stint in Europe. Um, and, but then I was also a part of the 2D to 3D um, revolution, building information modelling, yep. taking effectively what Luciad does, uh, all this information and disparate data points and bringing it all together into one um, single point of truth yep. and for then designers uh, and builders to 
be able to better make decisions. Uh, so that I got a little bit um, frustrated uh, designing something and then going out on site and seeing it was built completely differently and not understanding why they didn't read my specification yep. or read the drawings that we spent three years drawing. Yep. Uh, and then I thought there's got to be a better solution. So I spent uh, a long time with that and then um, another problem was that link between um, physical structures like buildings and then geospatial. So when you come to a, a train line which got train stations, there was never any communication between the two services and, and that's what led me to Hexagon. Now we have a full suite of products that do digital twin, building information modelling, geospatial. But then from a defence perspective, the same issues I saw 10, 15 years ago, I see today with a lot of disparate data points, yep. um, large projects, probably bigger than any project I saw in, in AEC, uh, but you know, there's a lot of uh, players and stakeholders, each have their own ideas of how things should be done. It's my job to try and um, show them a solution that helps their day-to-day yep. -day job. And bring the learnings from the civilian uh, right. engineering world into the defence engineering. And so you mentioned the digital twin aspect there. That's becoming very big in defence as we're digital twinning new platforms, ships, aircraft, vehicles, etc. And also running simulations on a number of other areas. So Hexagon allows, uh, has the tools to support digital twins? Absolutely, yes. We have, we're we're a, a, a very great company in the fact that we not only do software, but we do hardware as well. So like a geospatial, um, is has the ability to capture all that data and then we can visualize that through Luciad and, and bringing that not only now live video feed with our uh, um, acquisition of Cognify we're able to see um, lots of different data points to see how a building is being run or an asset is being run we have our um, manufacturing intelligence and EAM products again which enable us to get a more holistic view of what's going on uh, with the asset and, and, and so you, you think about a digital twin and how many stakeholders there are, you know, obviously the engineer and the Arctic have differing points of view on what's, yep. what's right, uh, and then our, our solutions will be able to hopefully uh, be the mediator. Okay, yeah, very good. Uh, mediator is important, make sure everyone's talking the same language. So, Brett, how are you seeing the Australian market? Are you getting much uptick from defence around digital twins, around all of the platforms and products you've got? Absolutely. I see Australia as a really a world leader in the way that they adopt technology. You know, we're a relatively small population, but we have all of the big players in, in our ecosystem. So we have at our sort of um, disposal uh, all the information, you know, working with RMIT universities or those institutions are really pushing the boundaries and then having the defence right there listening and then uh, you know, through either DSTG or other organisations like the um, uh, there's a digital twin um, community. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we, we certainly uh, feel that we're pushing the boundaries. Okay. Well, Brett, Sebastian, thank you both for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Flight Lieutenant Devagree from 41 Wing. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And, uh, mate, we're here next to this amazing piece of kit. It's uh, from CEA Technologies. Looks like it's using some of their latest radar gear. How is it operating? Uh, you're just bringing it on, onto service, aren't you? Yeah, so we're actually yet to receive the CEA radar and its operation capability in 41 Wing. Um, right now, it does look fantastic on the field here, right next to the E7, uh, who we hope to work closely with yeah. um, in bringing that sort of C2 and um, detection capability to the Air Force. Uh, currently, we've been using the TIPSI 77, which is, of course, a foreign-built system. Um, the CEA radar is built in its entirety from the ground up in Australia. Yep. 
Um, and so we're really excited to be supporting Australian industry that way and also seeing um, what a close partnership like that's going to do for us as a defence force. So you've got this new technology. What's involved in working up and getting everyone ready to use it? You don't just go straight from one technology to the new and, and without no, no training. No, it, it really provides a generational leap in what we can do with radars. Um, in terms of how we'll actually operate on the ground, the fundamental principles of, you know, we need to get it out to a suitable site and then um, put in the necessary, I guess, portable infrastructure to get it to work with our systems. Um, that won't change, so we'll still need to send a majority of um, technicians out to work with the radar. Yeah. Um, as an air battle manager, I really work with the end product of what it gives us, but the real, I guess, heroes on the ground are the ones who go out there with the radar, driving the trucks, setting up the field, all that sort of stuff, to give us the product that we need to pass on to the fighter community. Because yep. um, without them setting it up, all of the rest is sort of, we can't do it ourselves. Yeah, because I've, I've seen some uh, photos and videos of the guys. They're out there, they're surrounded by the Australian scrubland, uh, the insects, the animals, everything. And yep. they're out there for more than just a few hours. They'll go out for the whole week of an exercise, won't they? Uh, yeah, and it is one of the, um, I guess, more unique things that we can offer um, people is having an opportunity to go out into the bush with one of these things. Um set up and live not so much living rough because we're still in the air force um <laughs> but going out there and seeing what it's like um of course we're not so much simulating what actual conflict would be like it is exercise conditions um but it is really different it's um very exciting and everyone i've spoken to who's gone out has really enjoyed their time with the radar weather permitting of course yep i could have well imagined so roughly how long would it take if you're able to tell us how long would it take to get out on site do you do a site survey first? Do you pick up three or four and from aerial reconnaissance find the right one and then go to it? Or Yeah, so the site survey process is almost exactly like that. We'll identify some likely looking places from imagery effectively, but to really get a life land, we need to send people out there. Yeah. And they'll do stuff like testing. Hey, can we drive? Like you can see all the wheels there. Yeah. Um, can we actually get it out there? Do we drive it? Do we ship it? Do we put it on a plane? That sort of thing. Um, and so that's, again, part of the, the process of the support from the technicians like they're the ones who go out there with the load testing and the anchor points and all that sort of stuff um if the ground is too firm for example it's no good for us when you just like drill into it if it's too soft also no good because it can't really support the weight yep. for mobile radar there's a lot to uh, be factored in you don't just rock up to a spot and set it all up do you yeah i mean the perfect spot for that sort of radar is in fact an airfield like this it's also the least useful spot <laughs> um okay so about how long, say you've got a site that's been surveyed and you're going out to make use of it, about how long would it take from arrival to having it up and running and plugged in, this is, roughly? This is going to be the most Air Force answer. It really depends. <laughs> um, there are so many factors that influence, um, including, as I mentioned, the ground surface, what's nearby, um, power, water, all that sort of stuff. Um, we will do our best to get it done as soon as possible in order to make you know, these guys happy with us, so that's yeah. the fighter community. But unfortunately, it, it really, really depends on where it is. There could be easier sites, you know, on the east coast of Australia where it's yeah. nice roads and everything's close by, not too long. But if you're going to be dropping a remote site in the middle of the desert, it's significantly harder. So I imagine you could put these in the back of, say, a Hercules or a C-17, fly it out, then drive it out and deploy it from yeah, there? Yeah, so from my understanding that this is, um, it's not easy to palletise, but you can palletise it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it can be fit into a standard transporter. So yeah, if you wanted to put it in a C-17, I'm sure you can. So without being, you know, keeping this um, at the public domain level, sure. What level of capability addition does this give? Is this like a tenfold, hundredfold, or just really cool, top of the line and looking so forward to it? I'm of the understanding that this radar is effectively first of type, and yep. the best way I can sort of summarize it is, um, if you're any good with computers, you'll have heard of solid state drives and mm -hmm. regular hard drives. Um, moving from what 
we currently operate into what this will allow us to do is really that generational leap between hard drives and solid yep. state disks. Gotcha. Um, so we're all very excited to be operating this and having it um, on, our, on our sensor suite. Okay, do you have a rough ballpark of when that's going to be up and running and in use in general? Oh, unfortunately no. These um, One, I don't get told, but I'm fully aware that uh, defence states can get pushed out without warning. <laughs> yes, they can indeed. Anything else you'd like to say about uh, fielding this new technology? Yeah, I just, uh, we're really excited to have it on board and I think it does look very good on this airfield. Excellent. Mate, thanks very much for coming on the show. No worries, thank you. Darren Gardner, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, great to be here. Excellent. Now, Darren, you're with uh, C4i, uh, so you're doing secure communications for defence, yes? Yeah, absolutely. So are you able to run us through a bit of an overview of C4i and what the company, where it's come from and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. So Australia, uh, C4i is an Australian-based uh, SME. We're based here in, uh, in Melbourne, in Victoria, in Melbourne. We uh, develop a secure communication uh, product, a voice solution, which uh, we sell into, into the defence market. And does that product integrate with other defence uh, communications networks and so on, the, uh, the Army's battlefield communications and so on? So typically uh, we integrate uh, various vendors' radios, so normally our customer has a, a radio network and effectively our solution is providing integration with radio, telephony and other kind of uh, ground-based communications and presenting it to effectively a controller um, who will be using that to communicate. Uh, typically with aircraft we focus on the air defence domain but we also do work in a tactical communication space as well. And how long has uh, C4I been engaged with Australian Defence providing products? We've got a very long history actually, so the company's been around for over 20 years now. Um, we've been through various forms and I suppose various uh, ownership. We're currently part of the Frequentis Group, but uh, until recently we were part of a, a US-based uh, defence uh, supplier, but yeah, we moved across to the Frequentis Group just under two years ago now. Now, I understand that uh, in addition to working with the Australian Defence Force, you work with a few other military forces and uh, possibly non-military as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, although Australia is a very important customer for us and we're, uh, we're involved in currently, we're a system in service in Australia, also with some of the upcoming programs like Air 6500, um, it's obviously a very uh, important program for us. Um, we're also working, we have current active contracts in the UK, uh, our customer in that case is IBM, but as part of the UK air defence system, um, we deliver our solution into a number of other countries including the US, um, so we've got our uh, system with the US Air Force, um, also the Air National Guard in the US use our systems as well. Um, and we also work a lot in uh, regions like the Middle East through FMS topper contracts. So a couple of customers in the US, that's a big market to break into. Was there a long lead time to get in and uh, how did that go for you? Was it a lot of effort? So we're, um, as I mentioned, the company had been around for quite a while and a significant portion of that time was a focus on the US and how we enter the US market. And I think, you know, being part of the Frequentis group now, it also gives us some more, uh, Frequentis have a defence business in the US, um, gives us more impotence uh, to kind of enter that market or, or, or grow in that market, I should say. Absolutely, even though we're part of an American group, we're still delivering all our solutions here from, uh, from Melbourne in Australia. Yep. So, um, but yes, obviously uh, that's changed a little bit over time, but still fundamentally what we provide is, is the same solution. Okay, is there anything else you'd like to tell us while we've got you here? Um, no, I suppose I'd just like to say it's actually great to finally have people back. Um, we've been back at trade shows and events like Avalon again, it's fantastic. And it's uh, great to see so many people here. Okay, well thank you very much for coming on the show, we really appreciate your time. No problem at all, thank you. Well thanks folks, that's been a great first day. Been running around, catching up with a lot of people and organising some content for future episodes. We'll be back tomorrow with another great summary of what we've seen here at Avalon 2023.
The ADM podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Australian Defence Magazine, a Yaffa media title. The views of the people appearing on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Australian Defence Magazine, the Department of Defence or the guest's employer. If you wish to use any of the audio in this podcast, please contact Australian Defence Magazine via their website, australiandefence.com.au or via email at defmag at yaffa.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.